All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer. Mr. Stan, spin the one and twos, 1-800-707-9760 is your number. All right, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese. Stephen Reese is a fully virtual insurance broker who can handle all your insurance needs, whether home, auto, life, or renters. He'll give you a free quote today. Give him a call at number 210-641-4000. That's Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese, official sponsor of the Sports Grunt. All right, so... um, yeah, Tatum is really going to have to 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 deal with that because he was just totally that was the worst playoff game that I've seen him play since he's been participating in the playoffs for the last few years. He just told I mean if you get anything from Tatum besides I think 8 points or 9 points he had, most of them was from the charity strike. You I mean they they win that game. I mean they're going in, they regained home court advantage. Um and basically they would be going into um, tonight's game up to really put the pressure on them. But tonight, look, they've, they've, it's 2-1, okay? The series is going to go back to Boston, but if they lose tonight, you're not you're not beating Giannis and the Bucks four straight games. You're not. Hmm. They, this is this is a must win tonight. This, this is a series tonight. They're not they're not going to beat Giannis, a Giannis team four times in a row, in my opinion. In my opinion. So, We'll see what happens tonight, man. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. And of course, you know, again, the nightcap will give you Memphis and Golden State. We'll just see. I mean, I know uh, Memphis is going to be competitive even without job, but I just don't. That's a tough task without him in a playoff setting on the road as well, too. So I do expect Memphis, I mean, to go down 3-1 tonight to Golden State. I thought it was really interesting during the telecast the other day that they, their offense is actually better. They score about three points per game four points per game more without jaw than with them. And and do you think it's just because the players can shoulder that load a little bit more? You're, you're not relying on your superstar. You're playing more uh, engaged rather than, than watching jaw do his thing. Uh, that could be a little bit of it. I mean, also it just shows they have a system in place. I mean, jaw is ball dominant to sometimes, I mean, you know, um, he has his hand. I mean, the ball in his hands, 80% of the time coming down on offense. So it's a lot of factors. But, I, I would again, I would hold the judgment to get too comfortable with those numbers or what they've done without them this year in the regular season. Playoffs is a total different monster. I mean, playoff is when you have to have stars and bona fide studs to, to get it done in the playoffs and to be a playoff team. 1-800-707-9760. All right, before we move on, let's go to the phone. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the sports grind here on Ticket 760 and 1300 The Zone. What's up, Mike? Yeah, man. Um, as I listen to the some of these daily talk shows on TV today, uh, I got uh, with Skip and Shannon and Stephen A. Smith and some other people talking about the Chris Paul situation. I, I told you, man, I told you about two weeks ago when um, – when Kyrie Irving had a problem with the fans up in Brook, I mean, up in Boston, that something real bad was going to happen. And, and, and this is this is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, this fan, whoever this guy is, apparently assaulted Chris Paul's family, his wife, his kids were there. Uh, he had the nerve to put his hands on these people. Uh, these people, you've seen people walk up on the stage as Will Smith. You've seen this guy just attack Dave Chappelle. These these like these fans are totally out of control. I told you this a long time ago. Uh, just because you purchase a ticket, 
does it give you the right to uh, assault somebody, their family or, or the player, verbally assault anybody? Uh, what's going to have to take place now, man, is I believe that all the commissioners of the, of the different sports, whether it be basketball, football, baseball, they need to have an announcement before every game that any fan that uh, gets out of line will be escorted out of the stadium and you will no longer be able to purchase another ticket to this arena. Uh, like I said before, I'm a fan of sports, but I know how to conduct myself in a rational way. You you can go to a game and enjoy yourself without verbally assaulting somebody. And like I said before, it's just a matter of time. Like I said, you, you, you disagreed with me the last time I said it. It's just a matter of time before one of these players go up in the stands and attack one of these fans. Chris Paul went up in the stands yesterday. You know, he didn't, he didn't, luckily there wasn't no incident that took place, but it's just a matter of time before something real bad happens in one of these games, if the NBA or some other league doesn't get it under control. And um, I'd like to hear what you have to say about that. I thank you for taking my call today. All right, Mike. Um, I mean, they can go make the announcements that you want them to and to the fans or whatever. I mean, that's not going to, that's not going to really change anything. Because, again, the mentality is going to be it's not going to be me or what I'm doing is not crossing the line. And then and then it's all rules bet off when there's alcohol involved. I mean, that's why for years you've gotten, you know, some NFL teams, some basketball teams, you know, they stop, they don't sell alcohol in the fourth quarter. They stop selling alcohol, you know, um, fourth quarter, thir- third quarter, that's it. Be- and this is before it's kind of, as Mike said, got out of hand. But, I, but, but Mike, I mean, it's not – what I disagreed on you were was the fact that when you're just going to have guys like, yes, Chris Paul going – he first of all, Chris Paul, his family was sitting close behind the bench, very close to the bench. Him going through a TV timeout to walk to see, hey, what's going on is different when you say going – when when you say going to the stands and charging the stands, I'm thinking – like I said, Ron Artest, Vernon Maxwell, stuff like that. That, to me, I think still players are going to basically think twice of doing it because at the end of the day, you're in a no-win situation, you know? And then, yes, if that's your family or your wife or your kid and they're physically being attacked, then, yeah, you're not going to think about money per se at that point. But to sit there and think this is just a quick uh, solution to this is just to have every commission for the game, oh, if you get in here, then you're not going to get a ticket here anymore. That's not a, That's not going to stop it. That's not going to stop it. I mean, it, it just comes down to where, you know, like I heard Shaq talking about this. You know, Shaq was talking about, like, hey, he would have guys in the group, a.k.a. goons, that would go sit around his family and his kids, like, sit around, like, not maybe not directly, but right in the air to where if something pops off or somebody's crossing the line, or get, you got the permission to beat their ass for me, and I'll take care of the bill and bail you out. That's just the, that's just the, that's just the reality of it. You know, um, so I, I I get what you're saying. I mean, it's frustrating for all sports fans, Mike, but it's not. I don't think it's that easy of a solution just to make that announcement because you're still going to have people go ahead and do that. I mean, humans are humans. You add alcohol, people break laws all the time every day. What adult beverages, uh, you know, consume, and it just comes down to where it's different because you know people are connected more as to the fans. Now you brought up the, the Chappelle stuff, yeah. That that uh, first of all, nothing surprised me anymore. But that really, basically, and I know Chappelle or Willie, what he's been under fire for. But to me, you know, to hear that they're not going to basically charge that guy with nothing but misdemeanors, that's to me, that's crazy. You know, um, whether it was a fake gun or had a toy, or whatever. I'm like, that's is crazy. But I just that's Dave Chappelle. 
I guarantee you let my black ass walk up and slap Jerry Seinfeld or tackle Jerry Seinfeld. I don't care what state I'm in. It ain't going to be misdemeanors if anybody attack Jerry Seinfeld. Okay, that's just Dave Chappelle, and I know what I know what heat Dave's been under, and that's just one of those okay. But anyway, yeah, Mike, we just gotta do, we gotta do better. Got a whole fan and stuff. Just gotta do better and be more accountable. One eight hundred seven zero seven nine seven six. All right, before we move on to the schedule release, let's go back to the phones here real quick. Let's go to Fernando. Fernando, you on the sports grind here on Ticket Seven Sixty and Thirteen Hundred Zone? What's up, Fernando? Thanks for having me, Kelvin. Uh, I just wanted to follow up, and, and I agree with Mike, is that some, something something needs to be done, you know, and I disagree with you with to the point that I think they can do something if they want to. they got to come down hard on these guys. If I'm Chris Paul, I'm telling my people, and I'm telling the Suns, I'm telling the Mavericks, and I'm telling the NBA, you guys better do something. You guys better throw the book at them publicly because this stuff is getting out of hand. And I, I agree, I think it's going to get worse, and you might have another malice at the palace soon, uh, because there there is none of this type of enforcement throughout the league. But anyway, to move on, the second thing I wanted to talk about was also, uh, you know, you, uh, we spoke about, or you had spoken about Troy Eggman and, uh, you know, all the, the, the matchups on Monday Night Football and the different uh, uh, <clears throat> personnel involved uh, in announcing the games, like Tony Romo. And uh, I'd like to see, you know, some more color in the booth there. You know, I want to see more African-Americans as color men, you know, to bring something fresh and new uh, to to the microphone. Uh, that's I just want to hear what you say about that. Well, thanks for the phone call, Fernando. Before I touch on that, but again, I, I, I'm not because I want to clarify myself. I'm not trying to sit here and say, there's nothing that commissioners or the sports should do to protect the players and their families from ruly fans. What I'm trying to say is, is that there is so much they can do because again, it comes down to where you're talking about most, if we stick to basketball, you're talking to most arenas in the basketball seat about 18,000 people to 20, maybe a little bit over 20, some change for most basketball arenas. You're still, you do the percentage, and we're all in numbers, and everything's about numbers these days and time. That's why Joker won his back-to-back MVP over B, which I really don't have a problem with it. But, again, I don't think anything Joker's done this year is anything spectacular to what he did last year. But, uh, anyway, you're still talking about a small percentage of fans that are getting into it with families or getting to it with players. Um, period. I mean, when you're talking about 18 to it looks like a lot because we keep talking. It keeps having an incident a month, every other month come up because you see it. It seems like a lot because it's more because that. But you're still talking a small percentage. My point is, how long? I mean, how long have we seen streakers? How long have we been dealing with streakers that run in through the Super Bowl or run through an event? I mean, they they sit there. I mean, in Phil, we've seen people attack, tackled. Slam body, you have to stay at night over jail. You're still going to get some knuckleheads that's going to dare to do it or go do it. And that's just the thing. But you're still talking about a small percentage when you look at the numbers of how many fans are really have to get to the point where they've got to get ejected or either they're really coming to, you know, physical touching or pushing as what we saw in Dallas last night. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that they don't need to address it or nothing, but I'm just saying to sit there and say them just threatening, well, you're not going to come to this game anymore, this and that. People not in their right state of mind when there's alcohol, if they want to get some of the chest, and still, it comes to, look, and, and this is another thing. It comes down to an economic disparity also in this country, what we even deal with on people outside of sports, okay? 
there, if you look at what we're going through in this country for years now, even now more in the last two or three years, when you look at the economy, when you look at basically, you know, affordable housing and you look at the houses that are going, and like, trust me, I, I got to pay attention to all this stuff because who I'm with. You know, when you look at that, it still comes back to a jealousy and envy to feel like, you know what? I've got to sit here and wake up and go to a job that I don't like, that I'm not getting paid. And you're making 30, 25, 30 million dollars a year. When Draymond Green comes to the podium and says, hey, you know, they want to be nasty. I'll be nasty, too. And I know they're happy that I got fine. I make twenty three million dollars a year. I think I'll be OK. When you say that, OK, especially when you look like Draymond Green, that ticks off a lot of people. That feel like, you know what, I'm going to go to the game night, but I ain't take, I'm going to let this guy know how I feel because he's a spoiled athlete brat. It's, it's also that has got the gap between everyday people to athletes and entertainers and performers of the financial part. And that's where it causes a little bit of problem too. Not saying it's all that, but that contributes to that. Um, to your other point about color in the booth, look, um, you know, you have, and it's crazy you say that because, you know, again, I have a docket. Richard Sherman is in talks with, um, you know, Amazon to do some of their play. I mean, you've got Tlaib, who I talked about last season, who I feel that is a guy that people would put me in that category where, like, man, he's entertaining. I don't understand what he says half the time. Half the time he can't pronounce this and this. But, damn, you know what? He, 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 he talks my language. I can't. Tlaib is that guy. I've heard Tlaib in the booth. Okay. I, I, Talib makes me sound like Brian Gumble, okay? But he's there. So, you know, there's uh, my man, uh, Lewis Riddick. He's in the booth. You know, I know now if you're talking about lead, African-American, you know, basically, and a player, and I'll tell you this, black, white, Hispanic, that is not a easy gig to do. I don't, I don't care if you have been a quarterback, if you play years in the NFL, doing play-by-play or color, is not that easy to do. Troy Aikman is what he does and what he's mastered is not easy to do. Okay. Um, you know what? Tony Romo, I still disagree. I he skipped major lines to get his spot at CBS, but at the end of the day, there's some talent. That's not easy. What he does. Even people may, Oh, here we go, Jim. Here we go. At the end of the day is that's not easy to do. I mean, it's not easy sitting here for two hours a day talking to giving a sports opinion or keeping y'all time tuned in and want to call or yeah, that that's not easy to do everybody all oh, bad i could i could do a sports show i could do a radio show i'm not, not saying you can't but most likely you can't you know most likely you can't it's, it, even though it sounds like i'm just talking to one of my buddies at the bar and i'm just this and that it's 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 still it, it's more than that so um but yeah if you're talking about analysts to that yeah we could but i'm not going to sit here and think you know um I think it's more important to me in regards to the color of people you talking about to be in these sports and front office jobs and ownership. I mean, I, there, there's some, I mean, you know, what's my man at college, Clark Keller. What's, what's the, what's the guy? What's my, what's my black guy in CBS college bat? Well, he did some basketball, but he's football. What's my guy you like? What's some, what's Gus Johnson, Gus Johnson. One of the Clark, best Clark. Well, that's another brother. These Clark, Clark is uh NCA basketball. That guy's one of the voices of college. I mean, he, he's black, but it's it just depends. playoffs. Yeah, it, it's it's out there, you know. For now, you just got to. Yeah, but I understand a little bit what you're saying. But in regards to what do you got before I get to the schedule? Well, just really quickly, um, you do have Mike Tirico, 
stepping up now into that full-time NBC slot with Chris Collinsworth. So, mm-hmm. and, and he's a, the, a play-by-play, not just a color commentary, but an actual play-by-play guy that's going to be running that broadcast. So I think mm-hmm. that's going to be really cool to see. Yeah. Um, speaking of the schedule of what they did, the announcement, um, week two, you know, they went on Good Morning America. They released week two uh, schedule, doubleheader. I don't like the fact that they're going to be, I mean, I don't like the fact during the week that there's games running overlapping each other. Sundays are fine. On a Monday, Thursday, okay, those, that, that should be that particular game. Now, this week two situation, um, you've got the headliner, of course, is Buffalo and Tennessee. And week two. We're going to find out where Tannehill's head is at real quick. We're going to find out where he's at real quick because that's in Buffalo. That's in Archer Park. So we're going to find out how quickly these Malik talks are going to heat up with Ryan Tannehill. He's coming out the gate in week two, uh, them on the road. Also, the other cap of that game or that doubleheader is Minnesota. Uh, Who is it? Minnesota versus the Eagles. Eagles. So we'll get a look at Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Which there's a lot of people switching over. There's a lot of people picking the Eagles for the NFC East this year. And I don't know if that's just based off the fact no one wins the division back-to-back since the big uh, Kool-Aid man, Andy Reid, was over there eating cheesesteaks every day. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. But there's a lot of people liking what Philly's done this offseason and picking them. When we get back, I want to talk about Pete Carroll's comments uh, as well, too, on Drew Locke. Definitely want to touch on that. we got some other things to get to before we get out of here. You listen to the Sports Grind, broadcasting here from the Hazel Style Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included. And whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. If you've been accused of a crime, you need trusted and aggressive representation. You need the LaHood Norton Law Group. Over 80 years of combined experience handling both federal and state cases. All of their lawyers are former high-level prosecutors who know the justice system from all sides. For a free consultation, 210-797-7700 or LaHoodNorton.com. Principal Office San Antonio, the LaHood Norton Law Group. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer with Sands for the One and Twos. Today we've been broadcasting from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, and this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing, Zing Zang. Two words, the key to any perfect cocktail, and that's Zing Zang. Make sure you try out their pre-made alcoholic drinks, or you can just stick to their original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 
All right. So a um, couple things uh, here real quick before we get out of here. Uh, first off, um, mentioned it a while ago, a few segments ago, but tragic news, former Michigan State star Andrian Payne, uh, dead at the age of 31, uh, supposed to be to a gunshot. Don't know the details of it, but, you know, I know he played at Michigan State on the national title team, so I guess I'm pretty sure the Michigan State family, and really he was a good guy. I remember um, I remember him really coming close with a cancer patient, a girl who had, he had kind of helped out and became pen pals with and was trying to help her through her own cancer thing, and she passed away. And then, you know, he was just a good guy in a fortunate incident and an act of violence. Don't know the detail about it, but he's too, of course, too young to pass on. But he's dead at the age of 31. So thoughts and prayers to his family. Um, also, uh, what else we got? We've got, keep in mind, too, on a lighter note, Becky Hammond. Uh, yes, I got a chance to watch her last night against Seattle. Uh, she won her opener on the road. Then last night was her her home opener in Las Vegas that she was able to be victorious. And, again, the one thing I took from it was like, wow, look at this. She got a primetime game already for the uh, for the Vegas Aces because her brand and Becky Hammond. You know, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to keep her around here. Besides, I think she could be talented and actually do it. But they were able to be victorious. Some of the some of the WNBA uh, people I listen to, mostly of them are in the gambling world uh, that basically handicap the stuff. The Aces are what I'm hearing. The Aces are probably going to be better than what advertised really, too, with her stepping in there and the talent they did have. But she's off to a 2-0 and start on this young WNBA season. The quality of WNBA basketball has come a long way, man. It's come a long way. I, I used to never give two minutes to WNBA on this show if you listen long enough. But the quality, even at the college game, the women's game has really, uh, the product has come a lot better. I mean, it really has. I mean, and I think the talent, these girls are doing things, you know, that, you know, women before them that paid the way just athletically couldn't really do. And they're, I mean, they're, it's, a, it's some decent basketball that's being played out there. So props to Becky for getting out to a 2-0 and start. Um, also, um, I talked about, I brought up Pete Carroll. Um, Pete Carroll says that Drew Locke would be the would have been the number one over first quarterback taken in the twenty two draft this year's draft. The more Pete Carroll keeps telling me about Drew Locke and me knowing and seeing Drew Locke his last year at, at Mizzou, and then of course the years that he spent at Denver, and me knowing what you know what sample size we have of Drew Locke and really what he's looked at in certain moments. Um, Pete Carroll is obviously going overboard, and I believe that he's really trying to negotiate through the media uh, and and whoever he's in talks with, whether it's Cleveland and trying to come out with the buyout or how much of this they're going to pay a Baker's contract or whatever he's doing, that he's really trying to negotiate to the media to try to talk up and try to convince whoever he's talking to through the cameras that he's really, really 120% moving forward, Drew Locke. Um, I'm not telling you – I've told you firsthand I thought Drew Locke got, uh, got dealt a bad hand uh, from decisions that were made um, from a coach and, and Vic Vangio or John Elway at the time that was making decisions who decide to fire Rich Gangarillo um, 
after Drew Locke's rookie year when he got to finish the season the last five weeks when he went 4-1 and and handed over to Pat Shermer, okay, which is horrible, which I don't think has a job, by the way, yet, and he shouldn't. But this whole love of fest and, 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 you know, him going on to say, well, we had him high on our board when he was coming out of Missouri and yada, yada, we're committed. Oh, he would have been the first. It's just too, it's too much. It's fake to me. It's fake to me. So uh, we'll see. And I'm not saying that he can't get it done. I mean, it might be a change of scenery, but to me, he's going to Seattle almost with the same kind of problems that kept him from succeeding in Denver, besides probably going to have a better, he's going to have a better offensive coordinator than, than Pat Shermer, but shaky offensive line and, and Drew's first couple years, he didn't really have an offensive line every time he got trotted out there. They improved that their last two years under him, but he didn't get a chance to really win it and, uh, you know, take advantage of it his last two years. I thought it was a fixed fight against him and Teddy Bridgewater last year because Vic wasn't going to go down with Drew. Uh, so he didn't really get a fair fight, I don't think, in camp. But at the end of the day, shaky line, a team that's really in flux of rebuilding, like the really the couple years, this first couple years in Denver. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we'll see how he does, but I, I, enough of Pete Carroll um, putting out there. He also said he felt Malik wasn't ready for, for, for NFL Sundays yet. That's also came out of Seattle camp. Now, mind you, this is an organization that has not drafted well for a while. They haven't drafted well for the last few years. We're, we're far removed from the Richard Sherman, the Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Russell Wilson. We're, we're years, years removed from that. I'm talking about the last few years in Seattle. And I like their GM, but they have not drafted well whatsoever. So take it with a grain of salt what they evaluate, whether it's Malik or anybody else. What you got? While Pete Carroll might be spinning uh, the story on Drew Locke, is he wrong, though? Is he wrong that that Drew wouldn't have been the first quarterback off in this class? He might he might be right. I mean, talented or whatever, but that's like to me, there's so many factors to that. It's like, I mean, you're saying that based off of a guy that's been around the NFL and had NFL snaps now for three years, four years. I mean, that that's that's like hindsight twenty. Like, of course, okay, what are you saying? I mean, if we take him really back in the time, and Drew was just coming out of college, now would he be more better than this? Uh, these quarterbacks, I don't know. To me, my whole point of bringing it up, it's 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 over. You're overboard, you know. I mean, they, when your significant other gives you compliments, you want them to be real and don't want them to go overboard. You can be like, man, what do you want? You be being fake. You know, like every camera, oh, yeah, Drew Locker. If that was the case, okay, if, if, if that's really what you felt, then there was really no reason to give up two first rounds for Russell. I mean, if that's really what you thought, I mean, and not only that, Denver would have had people knocking down the door, oh, they're moving on, let's go out and get Drew Lock. See, I stop it. I mean, Pete Carroll, like I said, man, Pete's, they made a choice. They made a choice between the quarterback in his prime and Sir Boy Pete. And they got and they got to roll with it. They they made a choice, and and Pete Carroll is going to. We're, I got a lot of respect for Pete Carroll, but I'm going to see how long. I'm going to see how this retool rebuild goes with them. I really am. They're playing in the division with the defending Super Bowl champs. Okay, that so so that's my thing. I mean, he might be right, but I, why I bring that up? It's just overkill to me. So. um that is, you know, that's kind of what, the other thing that I didn't really want to put too much time in it, but I don't know if anybody's seen, but the mayor of Dallas, okay, this brother out here, I'm like, man, it's election time. It's where he's come out and said, you know what, 
we need two teams in Dallas. And I really think that needs to be an AFC team. And it's time for us to have, and we can support it. We can do it better than L.A., and we can do it better than New York. We're the fastest growing, you know, but he's giving all the thing. Oh, and by the way, it, no longer you're going to be coming in here in any sport and using our Dallas name if you're not in our jurisdiction. If you're out in Frisco, that don't count. I'm like, man, this brother, like, first of all, Jerry has it in his contract with the league that he would have to sign off and approve for any team moving in the Frisco district or anywhere around there in the National Football League. He would have to say yes. That's number one. Number two, you just raised kicking up a bunch of dust. No, that's not going to work. No, I don't think. I mean, be, and when I say it's not going to work, it's not my same reasons for down here in San Antonio. That is just one of those situations that he's not allowing that to happen. He's not allowing that to happen. And first of all, unless he's got some bad, which I think there's a rule, you can't own two professional teams in one sport. I think that's a rule in most major sports. A majority order for sure. You can be a minority owner in couple hands in, in different, you know, but I don't think you can be majority owner in, in, in multiple teams in one particular sport. So first of all, for this mayor to tweet this out, to me, this is this is election stuff. This is, you know, I don't know what else is going down in Dallas that he's trying to defer from, but this is just really pissing me off when politics, like, you really going to put that out there to just to throw out the fan, like, yeah, man, this would work, and we'd do it better. We need that, really? What's, what says that Dallas, just because y'all are a major growing big city that doesn't have two NFL teams, and L.A. and New York do? I mean, come on. You know, I thought that was crazy. That's why they want to spend too much time on that today and save it toward the end. That was just ludicrous. Anyway, 1-800-707-976. Let's go to the phone. Let's go to Santos. Santos, you're on the sports ground here on Ticket 760 and 1300 Zone. What's up, Santos? Cal, my brother from another mother. Really? How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing all right. Didn't know that. But go ahead. Man, we're, we all came from somewhere, somewhere down the line. But, uh, hey, fun fact. Uh, I heard you talking the other day. Uh, about you used to working at cons. I used to be a salesperson at cons. No, I, I said no. I never worked at cons. I said that somebody I forgot who that called about the two. I said they act like I put years at cons. I never worked at cons before. No. Oh my bad. I, no. I misunderstood that. I got my you. Bad. That shoot. But uh, anyways, so I wanted to call and talk about this weekend fight scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canelo uh, walked out with Dolce Gabbana and Mariachis from San Antonio, and he took an L. Bevel played his game he didn't you know get you know frustrated he kept the jab going all night every time canelo tried to throw that hook or that uppercut he had that right hand blocking uh you know his temple and his jawline area you know answering the phone every time canelo was throwing that hook um but yeah man i was just you know super surprised canelo lost on a single day mile weekend mother's day weekend uh my entire family was super pissed off because you know you know we're, we're a floated family so little pinch of Mexicans in the family just, you know, going for Canelo and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, and then also UFC this weekend was a great fight. Uh, a lot of decisions, split decisions, but that if uh, if you hadn't seen that knockout by Chandler, I think it's Chandler Jones or Chandler Parsons. I forget his last name, but... Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler, there it is. My man Jonas always coming in clutch. Michael Chandler punted Tony Ferguson's head off his neck and knocked mm. him out and... Like, you can look at Joe, Joe Rogan and D.C. Yo, also D.C., congratulations. That makes you the Hall of Fame, brother. You deserve it. No, no, one, no one better in the class than you. But, um, yeah, great fight weekend. Kyle, appreciate you for, uh, you know, 
calling me out, letting me know my segments are bad. You know, call a duck a duck. Appreciate that, man. I got Hopefully, you. Uh, today was a better time, sir. All right, Santos. Thanks for the phone call, man. Love. Um, nah, I didn't see the UFC, but yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's a, that's a heck of a blow there, right there. I didn't pay attention to UFC because it was fight. You know me, I UFC. I'll leave that up to Jonas. He writes on it. But to Canelo, um, look, man. Again, I know there's a lot of Canelo haters out there. Styles make fights, um, but I, the main thing I take from this, Canelo was humbled. And like, what does it make him get hungry again? I don't know. Maybe he just needs to start craving meat again. I, I mean, I, that's just that was dumb. Pause. And that yeah, that was dumb. That was just stupid. I mean, to go vegan, that changes your body, man. Just from, even if not a physical, but even as an athlete like that. But I just believe that there's certain styles, and it humbles him because I've never seen. I mean, that probably the Canelo fights that I've seen, that's the biggest intro that he's had. You know, coming in, pretty much being dropped down from the sky, you know, almost went, you know, Apollo Creed and, you know, with James Brown playing in the background, subs in for the mariachis. That was a lot. He was doing a lot. So, and he ran up, and this guy didn't flinch from round one. So, to me, it, you know, it's, it's going to be more of the expected thing. I mean, definitely, I don't think, you know, Canelo would knock this guy out, but we'll see exactly. I'm pretty sure this is going to be a quick rematch, too. I'm pretty sure that September. you're is it already this year, September. Yeah, I, yeah, figured. I was talking with some people on Twitter about that. I, I, I figured. I mean, that, I mean, that's right around the corner. There's nothing. I don't see him being able to change. Um, really style-wise, whatever. I mean, yeah, he can bulk up a little bit, but the only thing that's going to change is probably more money for both of them um, in this next fight coming up. Um, so tonight, we'll see what happens. These are some pivotal games. I think this is a must-win situation for Boston. Um, last time I checked, I think it's a pick em. Uh For the most part, you might get uh, Milwaukee must uh, minus one. It might move up to one before the tip-off, but I think this is a, really a must-win for Boston. You're not meeting Giannis and Bucks four times in a row. Golden State, I anticipate them to take a 3-1 lead, um, you know, in this year. I don't think necessarily they've got to shoot the ball as well as they did um, previously in game three. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, I think Memphis will still be competitive for the most part, even with job, but it's a different type of breed um, in the playoffs when you get to the playoffs. Um, the schedule I talked about last week. I mean, we got the first week two matchups tonight on Good Morning America released by Troy Eggman and Joe Buck, but Thursday – the whole schedule comes out this Thursday. There's a lot of people, you know, people are trying to predict, you know, who's opening that Thursday. And I've heard a lot of them. There's, that's why, to me, somebody knows this league. But I've heard a lot of rumors that it's probably, it could be looking at the Rams and Denver for that opening Thursday, which I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, the, tie, the, the reason why I think there's something to that, because, again, you get Russ going back to against the defending champs, the division team that he used to play all the time. You know, but we know it's most likely going to be the Rams, but whoever that opponent would be. But we're going to find out in a few days. But that is a wrap for the Monday and today's show. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. Special thanks to Mr. Stan Spinner, one and twos. San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people out in Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you, the snooze button, and for you out the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See you tomorrow.